Okay. I think I turned it off mute. I'm pretty sure. Okay. The, the light's green. So, um, what's up? Um, as, uh, as, as Jeff uh, said, I'm, I'm Harrison Stephen Brashears. I'm, I'm 20 years old. I graduated from Lee Summit West High School a couple years ago. Uh, it honestly feels like yesterday, though. TBH, like I, I still, um, I still wake, still wake up thinking I'm a senior in high school. Um, uh, my girlfriend Jaden is sitting over here, and she's hanging out as well. Uh, she also went to Lee Summit West High School with me. And um, do you guys ever seen the show Victorious that was on Nickelodeon a while ago? Do you guys? So, so if you've seen the show, do you remember the episode where there's like a like a TMZ type show? Where Robbie is like basically like uh, he's um, he's like basically talking about all the trash and dirt on people in the Hollywood Arts School, and he like has his like podium that he's always like leaned over on. He's like, guys, 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 you guys got to see this, you know, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, cool. I, I was just thinking about that. I I, I thought it would be funny um, to share, but. <laughs> I guess not. That's that's how this usually goes. <laughs> so um, yeah, um, super excited to be here. Um, never never uh, really hung out with the high school ministry other than uh, a a camp that I hung around at a, a a while ago. I don't remember how long ago that was. Probably six six ish months last summer, I guess, sometime around there. Um, but. Yeah, I'm thankful to be here. Excited to preach to you guys. Um, so I was actually saved when I was in high school. Um, I uh, went to a Bible camp when I was in between my sophomore and junior year of high school. And I was just sort of kind of confused about who I was and, and, and what I was going to do with uh, my life. And I'd just gotten out of a... Uh, a relationship in, in high school and and it was like like the like first love situation and like my life was just destroyed I felt like um, it's kind of dumb now looking back on it but the Lord used that to uh, lead me to him at that Bible camp and uh, I was just confronted by my sin and the fact that I was trying to figure out how to have a holy and righteous life in my flesh um, and uh, Hearing the story of Christ uh, in in reality and truth, and and how uh, He very literally became sin and and and, and nailed my sin to the cross, uh, and not only that, but was buried and, and was risen again uh, in in victory and promised victory to those who believe on Him and follow Him. That changed my life, and it gave me a new perspective and, and turned my perspective that I had on most things upside down. Um, and uh, even now, I'm still just trying to figure out what it means to walk in the Spirit. Um, but when I was in high school, I was really into making art and painting and, and recording music and making weird sounds with guitar pedals and stuff. And um, all of those sort of like fixations led me to taking multiple classes with a teacher named Mr. Briscoe, uh, who's the college and young adult pastor at Midtown Baptist Temple here. Uh, I'm sure you guys are familiar with him. 
but um, he really taught me how to study God's word and introduced me to um, believing the Bible from a faith-based point of view. And while I was in high school and I was uh, trying to learn how to follow Christ and, and learning from, from Mr. Briscoe, we had a Tuesday morning Bible club that met. And one of those mornings, Brandon uh, was a, a guest uh, preacher, and he preached on Philippians chapter 3, um, and was just talking about uh, how as Christians our lives uh, should look radical. All of the things that other people, that the, that the lost put value in should really have no value to us uh, in light of who God is and, and what he did for us and uh, what he's called us to do in leading lost souls to come to repentance and eternal life in Christ. And that was really monumental to me. And at about the same time, uh, I, I met another guy named Montana, uh, who's now the uh, a leader in the youth ministry at uh, Living Faithly Summit, and I'm sure some of you guys are familiar with him as well. Um, and while Brandon was was constantly uh, kind of ingraining this idea of living radically, um, here's some pictures too. Montana uh, was essentially saying, like, don't forget God's grace over your life. Like, don't don't try to be like a Rambo and be a hero and uh, and try to make a difference for Christ all on your own. Um, trust in Him and, and just focus on having a relationship with Him. So these are pictures from, from my high school experience with these guys. And um, essentially, uh, like, I kind of made a little, like, animation graphic sort of thing where, like, Brandon would be like, live a radical life. And, like, essentially be wearing like either like a basketball shirt or like a shirt with like Tupac on it or something and like saying stuff like that um, and then Montana would literally be that close to my face um, because if you know him like he just does really uncomfortable stuff like that like remember God loves you unconditionally right um, and so uh, yeah you can move on to the next slide uh, so reminders of God's grace in my life uh during my high school experience and, and even now, um, they were life to me. They, uh, they changed my day, they changed my week, um, because my flesh is so uh, against that. Um, I was constantly finding ways to, to condemn myself and disqualify myself from ministry and just from just having a, a real vulnerable relationship with Christ. Um, but when I was faced with God's word, when I uh, was really uh, convicted to believe it as truth pertinent over my own life, um, his grace and his love and his patience with me and for me, um, again, they, they turned my perspective upside down and, and taught me how to not live for myself, uh, but live for the Lord. And um, a verse that kind of reminds me of that, verse 1, says, Thou therefore my son... Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And um, this passage, if you guys are familiar, it, it, it references discipleship. And it's, it's Paul talking to Timothy um, about what it means to be a leader and, and a discipler. Um, but in this work of, of discipleship and, and the Great Commission and following Christ, um, God doesn't expect us to rely on our own strength. He doesn't expect us to produce goodness and righteousness in our own flesh. Um, but the strength is, is in His grace. It's in Him and knowing Him. 
over our lives. Um, so, move on to the next slide. Um, so, the topic that we're going to be talking about is grace. Um, and then the, the book that we're going to be in is Galatians. Uh, specifically, Galatians uh, chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. But I'm going to give a little bit of context before we get into that for the book of Galatians, because I think that'll help us to understand what's really going on in, in those three specific verses. How are you guys doing so far? Good? Cool. Awesome. So, Paul wrote the letter to the Galatians. This is going to be just like a fly over here. Uh, he wrote this letter to the Galatians uh, because they largely abandoned the idea of grace in Christ. Um, and that grace is inherent to the gospel. So, a lot of times in this book, Paul is basically going to be saying, like, why did you literally believe something completely different than what I taught you? Right? This is, this is not the same as, uh, as, as the Jews' religion, as he calls it. So they had reverted to trusting in uh, something that looked a lot like the, the Jewish law to grant them favor with God, or at least what they thought was favor with God. And there's a pretty detailed backstory in Galatians about who manipulated them into this and, and, and who came in and, and perverted the gospel. Um, but that you can study that out at, at another time. It's not going to be um, extremely uh, necessary for our study today. But what you need to know is that Christians are defined as being a group of people who, who are defined by freedom and liberty from sin and bondage. And this group of Christians in Galatia, they were becoming uptight and adherent to a very like rigid, law-like structure of living. Um, a lot of what the world uh, might feel like Christians nowadays are. So, in the previous two chapters of Galatians, Paul's given his own testimony of God's grace over his life. And um, he's even rehashed a story about how the Jews during this time in history were very against Christianity because of the liberty and grace uh, inherent in the, 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 the belief. Um, and even Peter, uh, at points in time, thought that God's grace over the law's system was really unnatural and, and had to be counseled even by Paul back into <laughs> believing that God's grace was sufficient. So, um, with all this tension and rigidity uh, that the Galatian church was going through, uh, heartbreak and dysfunction uh, were the consequence of that. And I included this picture, I think it's in the next slide, of, um, of Spongebob. Uh, I didn't realize I was going to be referencing Nickelodeon shows so much, but have, have you guys seen this? So, I, so, so I kind of related... Galatia during this time to Spongebob when he becomes normal because Spongebob as a character like he is like the definition of, of being carefree right like he's got issues he's got problems and stuff but like in a sense like at the end of the day he's he's chilling um, but when Squidward manipulated him into becoming normal like things got really uncomfortable right like this is what he ended up as. He's, he's basically like has a scripted dialogue that he talks to people in and, and he's, he's no longer um, himself. And um, yeah, it produces sort of like anxiety, 
Um, and, and, and in a sense, we look okay on the outside. When, when we abandon God's grace, right, we know how to fake uh, trusting in the Lord and you know, being like, oh yeah, praise, praise God, uh, life's going great. Um, my time in the Word has been, has been good, right? We can even lie about that, right? Um, and we're actually suffering on the inside um, because we've forgotten God's grace. So, um, you know, before we even get into the, the, the passage, our key point is when we refuse grace, we rob God of His glory. Right? When we feel like we're trying to please God in our flesh, um, our intention may be to glorify Him, but the glory really goes uh, uh, to us and we don't deserve it. So, the scripture that we're going to be in today is Galatians 3, verses 1 through 3. Which says, O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you that ye should not obey the truth, before whose eyes Jesus Christ hath been evidently set forth, crucified among you? This only would I learn of you. Received ye the Spirit by the works of the law, or by the hearing of faith? Are ye so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, are ye now made perfect by the flesh? So in this passage, um, Paul is taking the reader, he's taking the, uh, the Christian that's hearing this down a pretty logical path. Um, and, and I don't know about y'all, but for me, this is a, a logical path that I've had to go down multiple times in my life to, um, to reset my heart and my mind and my thinking. Um, he's not rambling about super heady spiritual stuff. He's really getting down to the nitty-gritty and asking the questions that um, a lot of us need to hear uh, on, on, on a week-to-week, month-to-month basis. And he's essentially making a case for the grace of God, uh, which is what I titled uh, this message because I thought it was, uh, it was cool. So, um, so for this first little section here, O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you that ye should not obey the truth? before whose eyes Jesus Christ hath been evidently set forth, crucified among you. So, rhetorical question for you guys. If you were an eyewitness to Jesus dying on the cross, knowing why he was dying, knowing uh, what he stood for and who he was, would you ever question God's love for you again? Right? Because that's essentially the first question that Paul is asking in this passage. He's saying, do you guys remember what went down? <laughs> right? And he gestures to this idea really specifically in the previous chapter as well. In Galatians uh, chapter 2, verse 21, it says, I do not frustrate the grace of God, for if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. So the crucifixion, Christ's death for our sins, that was something that Paul came back to um, really, really frequently. That was the center of his life. And God's grace related directly to that, knowing Paul's saying to himself, man, I don't feel like I'm enough right now. 
But Jesus Christ died on a cross to show that He loved me. He took my sins upon me. He gave me His grace. I'm going to trust in His grace. I'm not going to frustrate His grace. I'm just going to move forward and trust in His grace, right? Paul's using words in this passage like foolish and bewitched uh, to call out the ridiculousness of the fact that uh, they had abandoned um, a, a really central part of their faith. So, a key question for us uh, is, do I find myself losing sight of the sacrifice Jesus Christ made for me? That's a key question for me in my life all the time. We have to come back to, um, to beholding Christ, knowing what He did for us. Thanking Him for that. Are you guys getting all this? Cool. So, in Galatia, they had lost sight of, of Christ, and that was their demise, right? But Christ, he's been evidently set forth before us, too, just like them, right? Even though we weren't there in person watching it happen, history can't deny it, right? For hundreds of years, people have died and have been martyred believing it, and the world, by and large, has changed because of people's faith in Christ and uh, and the love and grace, the benevolence, um, and the life change that's come from that. And yet, it can lose its weight in our lives, and we can go back to thinking that we can be good enough for God. Right? We can produce goodness for God in our flesh, um, and uh, yeah, we'll talk a little bit more about that uh, here in a minute. But our key point for this section is, God loves us unconditionally, not because of our merit. First Timothy 1, verse 15 says, This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. And man, we just come back to Paul's heart. And Paul, again, he's the guy who says, Oh, wretched man I am, Right? He's the, the guy who says, I'm the chief of sinners. And yet he's not hung up on that. He's hung up on the fact that, that Christ came into the world to save sinners. Right? So we don't deserve his love, but he's given it to us in abundance no matter what we've done. Right? And that's the definition of grace. It's a gift that someone gives us that we don't deserve. And yeah, we get it. We get to thank Him for it. We get to praise Him for it. Ephesians 2, uh, verses 8 and 9. You guys might be familiar with this one. It gets thrown around all the time at Midtown. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So again, our righteousness doesn't hinge on us. It comes from having our eyes on Christ and being in remembrance of His grace um, throughout our days. And, you know, something that I was thinking about as I was studying this, um, there's a song that uh, we'll sing in Kaya every once in a while, and I think we've even sung it in main service. It's called, Tis So Sweet to Trust in Jesus. It's an old hymn. And there's a verse in that hymn that says, Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus, just from sin 
and self to cease just from Jesus simply taking life and rest and joy and peace. Right, so it's, it's when we actually cease from ourself. It's when we cease from sin and come to Him in our brokenness that we get to enjoy God's presence. We get life. We get rest. We get joy. We get peace. Even though in our flesh, man, we try to achieve those things um, through what we can do or who we can be. So Paul continues this passage with another rhetorical question. Um, he asks, This only would I learn of you. Received ye the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? So when Paul talks about receiving the Spirit, he's basically saying, you know, did you, did you get saved by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? And, and I want to camp out in that idea of receiving the Spirit because when you receive Christ, you receive Christ, right? Like, it's actually not that complicated. So being saved and having the Holy Spirit enter into your heart, that doesn't take a prerequisite. It doesn't take effort as much as it takes an acceptance. It takes acknowledgement of our sin and our inability to be righteous. Um, and you can... Whoa. Did something just fall from the ceiling? A little bit of the ceiling. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> Sorry, that was kind of distracting. <laughs> um, but, yeah. You guys doing alright? Doing good? Yeah. Cool. It's like really quiet in here. It's really quiet in here. I gotta get really fired up, I guess. So, so to continue, right, we talk about getting saved all the time at Midtown. That's something that gets gets done, like rehashed over and over and over again. And so it's in our vernacular. We know what it means. But you know, how many of you guys have been Christians for like a considerable while now? Show of hands. Okay, right, right. So do you feel like you, you know, the, the, the taco thing is a perfect example. Like there's a, there's a big reason behind that. You guys are going to, going to Boston, right? And you guys want to do that. You guys want to see the field. You guys want to serve out there. Um, you guys want to be a blessing to the team. Um, but when something like the taco fundraiser comes up, it's like three days out, you're running around to get all the stuff. Like how, how easily um, when you have a full docket, whether it's ministry or school or work or whatever, that you actually um, forget that you don't have the ability to glorify God in your flesh. And that's tough, Right? Because making the Costco run could be really fun. Or it could be really stressful. And maybe it'll be stressful either way. Who knows? Um, but, um, yeah. When we get into the, into the flow of things, we can feel like it's our job to do right and be right. And this gets us into trouble because we stop relying on the Lord. We stop coming to Him. We stop giving Him our heart. And... Uh, we feel like we can make things happen all on our own. But what did lead us to faith in Christ, if we come back to this question, is the hearing of faith. Romans 10 verse 17 says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. 
So when, when we took time out of our day to read God's Word, when uh, a friend studied the Bible with us, um, maybe it was the first time uh, you came here and heard God's Word preached and it changed your life and it opened your mind up to, to uh, things that you had never really thought before. Our faith grows in those times, doesn't it? Our faith is bolstered in those times. We get encouraged. It didn't take any inherent righteousness for us to sit there and listen to God's Word, did it? We just quieted our heart and listened to Him. Um, and this is critical to actually growing and actually maturing in Christ and bearing real fruit. Because, you know, what if you have a bad day? How many of you guys are drivers in here? Okay. Have you guys ever had, like, somebody cut you off or somebody, you know, turn out in front of you or driving way too slow or way too fast? Like, the switch can flip really quick, right? Yeah, you guys know. You guys know. This is, this is a ubiquitous thing. <laughs> and then you, like, whatever, you think a thought in your mind or you say something or, you know, whatever, uh, and you end up feeling really bad about yourself because you did that thing, Right? If you have a bad day, like you could either avoid God because you feel bad about yourself and about your flesh, or you could come to Him and come before Him and give Him your heart because you know He's the only person that's going to be able to, to set your heart right and use you despite that. All right, so when we come to Him in His Word, His promises, His instructions, His presence, it's there for us. Right? God's about, um, he's about being there for us and being our friend. Like, in, in my relationship with Jaden, um, how do I want to, like, spin this? I've got, like, a thought in my head about it, but it's not fully formed. So, like, I could be super distracted and um, and forget to... Uh, make a plan that she was relying on me to make a plan about. And, um, I don't know, maybe I like wear, wear a color that she doesn't like for me to wear. Like, she gets like kind of self-conscious when I wear like black and white all the time because she wants me to wear more colors. And like, I think every single day that I wear more black and white, um, she's like, oh, you got to wear colors though, right? You know? And like she has the uh, the option to either man, be there for me when I have a tough day, or she can just be commenting on all the things that <laughs> I messed up on, right? Um, and the Lord, you know, as a um, a faithful, significant other, he he's not commenting on what we did wrong. He's just there for us. He just listens to us, you know. Um, I really tried with that with that uh, with that metaphor. <laughs> so, Second Corinthians twelve verse nine says, "And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee. My strength, that strength we were talking about earlier, it's made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ." may rest upon me. Right? It's in our brokenness. It's in um, 
man, us being reminded that, Lord, I'm unworthy. Lord, I'm undone before you. Um, but God, you love me in a way that I just can't even understand. I can't wrap my mind around it. Um, and you want to use me. And you promise that your grace is sufficient for me no matter how, how I'm doing. Right? No matter how my morning went before this, I'm, I'm trusting on the Lord to use me in delivering this message to you guys. Right? Because I, I don't have any inherent public speaking abilities. I'm stumbling all over my words, you know. And uh, the Lord is, is getting glory through His Word. Alright, so next key point. Our growth comes with time spent in the presence of the Lord, not in our commendable performance. we got to focus on just spending quality time with Him, just hanging out with Him. How am I doing on time? Am I... Am I good? Cool. Um, so the passage ends with one last question. He's saying, Having begun in the Spirit, are you now made perfect by the flesh? So you began in the Spirit. You began by hearing God's Word. You began by reading it and spending time with Him. He encouraged you. He filled you with His grace. Are you now made perfect by the flesh? Are you now growing and maturing because you have some sort of formula or method down for how you're going to look when you talk to people and, and, um, and the, the, the kinds of vocabulary you're going to use and, and maybe all the things in your week you have to check off to make sure uh, you know, nobody uh, is suspecting that you're not actually having a relationship with the Lord. And how do we get to that place? How do we forget that having a relationship with the Lord is actually uh, a good thing? Right? It's actually uh, the sweetest part of our lives. Right? But somewhere along the way, like I was talking about earlier, we, we, we get focused on being busy and all the things that we have to do and you know the things we have to plan and um, relationships with people even outside of, of, of youth ministry and stuff. Um, so if we have that formula down, man, um, maybe it, it works for us, but is there power in that? Is there the power of God in that? Do you guys know the feeling after you've been with the Lord and you've spent time in prayer, you're, you're prayed up, and, and you feel like you have that power behind you? that you, you, know, you can't even really explain it. It's just knowing that, man, like God has, has blessed me. He's given me His Word. I'm ready to serve Him today and, and, and walk through my day uh, with Him and walking with Him throughout my day. Right, that's the power. Um, but the Bible talks about people that have a form of godliness but, but deny the power thereof. And the Bible instructs us to turn away from folks like that because it's not, that's not who we are. We are a people of power because of our relationship with the Lord. Yeah? Um. So, in, in the book of Revelation, um, Jesus writes uh, a letter to the church of Ephesus, um, which is, was a, 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 an actual church. It's also a period in church history 
Um, and there's some prophetic information in here that we won't get into. Um, but let's think of Christ writing this letter to us and what that would mean. Uh, Unto the angel, angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. Here we go. I know thy works, and thy labor, and thy patience, and how thou canst not bear them which are evil, and thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not, and hast found them liars. Next slide. And hast borne, and hast patience, and for my name's sake has labored, and hast not fainted. God's saying, hey, you guys have great intentions. You guys are doing some really cool stuff, making things happen, right? Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee. Because thou hast left thy first love. And that's the key to God's grace being a tangible thing in our life. Is, is, is figuring out what that first love is. That relationship with the Lord um, that we had when, when things were, were, were um, I don't know, like messy. And you, like, you knew that you were broken. And uh, it didn't matter because you just wanted to learn who God was. And you wanted to know what His promises said over your life because you wanted Him to change it. You wanted Him to change your life and use you for His glory, for His ministry. So Christ's message here for the church at Ephesus is that they knew what they were doing and they were good at it, but they forgot to just sit with the Lord and, and thank Him for what He was doing. They got stuck on nobility and forgot humility. They wanted to do the noble thing and do what they knew was, was right, but not take care of, of their heart and their relationship with God in their heart. So, key point, true blessing and true fruit comes when we regularly return to our first love not when we master the formula. So, I don't know if you guys feel like this in high school, but as, uh, as a college student, I, I spend a lot of time dreaming of the day when like, things like, become stable. <laughs> you know, like when I don't have to have a part-time job and go to school and live in an apartment with my friend but, like, you know, I have to like, pay rent every month and make sure I'm budgeting all correctly and all that. And there's this, just this sense that, like, man, one day things are going to, like, flatten out. And, and maybe that's the truth. Maybe that's true. Um, but that mentality, and even in our lives in ministry and our relationship with the Lord, um, that can rob us of a victorious relationship with the Lord today. You guys get that? Like we have the the opportunity to have the relationship God wants for us to have with Him right now, today. It doesn't take anything special from us. Growing in maturity is is awesome, but the Lord just wants to be with us, right? Like when you guys are on, you guys use 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 Snapchat still? Is that a thing? Like do people? No. I guess I guess this applies to I guess this applies to a lot of social media. So that's a divisive question, but essentially, like you know, when people are like, oh, "I'm like thriving right now," like 
<laughs> you guys have seen that, right? Yes. Like, we can have that in our relationship with the Lord. Right? Things don't have to look perfect in our life. We don't have to have everything figured out. Um, but when we abandon trying to have things figured out and just trust in Him to be sufficient for us despite our weakness, and contentment comes from that. Joy comes from that. The fruits of the Spirit come from that. So, um, that's pretty much all we're going to talk about today. Uh, but just to recap, um, here's kind of uh, the, the main points of what we said. So, our flesh, it causes us to refuse God's grace and rob Him of His glory. Next, our flesh convinces us that God's love for us hinges on if we deserve it or not. Next one, our flesh causes us to avoid God when we don't feel holy. And last one, our flesh convinces us we have to be experts before participating in ministry, having a victorious life in Christ. So, don't listen to your flesh. Your flesh doesn't want you to experience victory. It tells you lies every single day and it will not stop telling you lies. But the Word of God tells you the truth. And when you lean into its truth, when you get accountable with your your homies and your sisters and you encourage each other to believe it and you talk about how God's answering prayer and how His Word's becoming true over your life, there's victory in that. There's truth in that. There's fruit in that. Um, Yeah. So, uh, let's be encouraged this morning um, to give God our hearts. Amen? Amen. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray, and then uh, Jeff will come back up. Lord, um, I just thank you so much for the word that you gave us. Um, and God, I'm, I'm thankful, um, Lord, that you love us, God. And uh, it is and can be just so hard to slow down. Um, and just give you our heart, the big things and the small things, um, and learn your grace and learn your mercy. Um, But Lord, I pray that you would help us uh, to let you love us, Lord, and and would your love be the thing that encourages us and pushes us to love on the people in our lives, our classmates, our family members, to share truth with them um, and live a a good testimony because of what you're doing in our lives and the the work that you're doing in our lives that that can't be denied, God, because it's a spiritual work. Lord, um, you are the God of miracles, Lord, um, and you perform them every day uh, throughout our lives. And God, I pray that you would help us to trust in you to to be glorified in our lives um, despite our weakness. God, I, I ask that in Christ's name. Amen.